First before the Lord is the man who rises up and builds this city, Jericho. With the loss of his firstborn, he shall lay its foundation. And with the loss of his youngest son, he shall set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regarding to the things under the ban. For Achim, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Therefore the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. So the men went up and spied out Ai. They returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up. Only about two or three hundred, two or three thousand men need go up to Ai. Do not make all the people toil up there, for they are few. So about three thousand men from the people went up there, but they fled from the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about thirty-six of their men and pursued them from the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent so the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening, both he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why did you ever bring this people over the Jordan only to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been willing to dwell beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say? Since Israel has turned their back before their enemies, for the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it, and they'll surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will be and what will you do for your great name? So the Lord said to Joshua, Rise up. Why is it that you have fallen on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. And they have even taken some of the things under the ban, and have both stolen and deceived. Moreover, they have also put them among their own things. Therefore, the sons of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies, for they have become accursed. I will not be with you any more, unless you destroy the things under the ban from your midst. Rise up, consecrate the people, and say, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, for thus the Lord, the God of Israel, has said, there are things under the ban in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you have removed the things under the ban from your midst. In the morning, then, you shall come near by your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes by lot shall come near by families. And the family which the Lord takes shall come near by households. And the household which the Lord takes shall come near man by man. It shall be that the one who is taken with the things under the ban shall be burned with fire, he and all that belongs to him, 
because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has committed a disgraceful thing in Israel. So Joshua arose early in the morning and brought Israel near by tribes and the tribe of Judah was taken. He brought the family of Judah near and he took the family of the Zerahites and he brought the family of the Zerahites near man by man and Zabdi was taken. He brought his household near man by man and Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah from the tribe of Judah was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, I implore you, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give praise to him. And tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. So Achan answered Joshua and said, Truly I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. And this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle from Shinar, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a bar of gold, fifty shekels in weight. Then I coveted them, and took them. And behold, they are concealed in the earth inside my tent, with the silver underneath it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and behold, it was concealed in his tent, with the silver underneath it. They took them from inside the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the sons of Israel. And they poured them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the mantle, the bar of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that belonged to him. And they brought them up to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. And all Israel stoned them with stones. And they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. They raised over him a great heap of stones that stands to this day. And the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. The Word of God. Almighty and everlasting God, grant that this day that the words which we hear with our outward ears may be so grafted inwardly in our hearts that it would bring forth in our lives the fruit of good living to the honor and glory of your holy name. This we ask in the name of your dearly beloved Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. 
There is a famous saying that goes something like this We have met the enemy And he is us In spiritual warfare One must know one's enemy And I have learned through bitter experience that it, that it is probably better to say I have met the enemy and I am he my sermon title today is the enemy within the enemy within the body individual and corporate the enemy within I want to put some focus on those four steps in Achan's sin that can be found in Joshua 7 and 21. I saw, I coveted, I took, I concealed. The context is this. Israel had just conquered the promise, had now moved into the promised land. They are on a mission of conquest. And the promised land is the place of blessing. It is not heaven as many believe. We know it is not heaven because in heaven there are no enemies. Rather it is the place of blessing. And by way of application, the church's conquest today is the place of our blessing. When Israel entered the promised land, the first three conflicts recorded in the book of Joshua illustrate three kinds of warfare which the church today faces. Jericho the first conflict was a walled city protected by a 12 foot wall and by an inner wall which was probably 6 or 12 feet as well it was a very heavily fortified place and the Israelites looked at it and they had no way to conquer it but we see exactly how God moved in order to secure the victory. And this demonstration of God's part, of all the ways that he could have conquered the city, he chose to have the Ark of the Testimony lifted by the priests precede the army. And this illustrates that we are to conquer the world by faith because Jericho represented the world they were living there and they were locked up in their own world and they felt that they were secure in their own world and we as helpless creatures on this earth can never ever defeat the world in our own strength whenever we try we fail we must rely upon God 
The incident at AI to which our reading today refers illustrates that acting presumptuously in the flesh always fails. We overcome the flesh, we overcome that sin nature within us which we inherited from Adam. We overcome the flesh by surrendering it up for crucifixion. It is when we surrender it up and it is offered up that God in exchange gives us His Spirit which He fills with His power and then we are enabled to go forward. The last and the third incident of the Gibeonites illustrate that they are always individuals devising devilish plots to ensnare us. You see, the Gibeonites came to the children of Israel and they feigned that they were from a far country and they came with moldy bread and old clothes and they said, oh, things are so bad and no one likes us and if you don't protect us, all the people of the land are going to kill us. And it was a blatant lie. The truth is, they were in league with all of the southern kingdoms. And they were doing this as a means of self-protection. Israel fell for the trap. And they became ensnared. Three ways, three enemies, and three different strategies which God provides. We must ask our Heavenly Father to fill each us, to fill us each and every day with the Holy Spirit so that we may have the spiritual insight to recognize our enemies and then where there is faith, we use where faith is needed to combat the world, we use faith when we need to combat the flesh we learn how to surrender up to God and where we meet the devil we learn how to stand in the truth of his word there is that famous passage in the book of James that tells us that we are to submit to God and in so doing then we will be able to resist the devil and he will flee from us. These are our marching orders my dear friends and this is the strategy that God has devised for us to use in this world. Incidentally as we look at our Lord's life, we notice that he was tempted, but he stood the test. He appealed to the word, and he was able to withstand the enemy. And he did so in the wilderness. Adam, on the other hand, in the beautiful, art, in the beautiful garden, he failed. And he fell. 
and in so doing he plunged the, plunged the entire human race into sin along with him. So our flesh became corrupted and so we always have a problem. We are weak in our sinful nature. We cannot do the things of God. Rather, we are hostile to God and it shows up again and again. We are always going astray. This is our plot lot and we see evidence of this in our lives time and time again. But we move on. Israel then, and I want to narrow my focus and look at Israel in relation to the incident at AI. What is happening at AI? It goes without saying that the victory there was really the victory of God. But Israel did not understand this. Rather, they thought that they should they thought that they should operate in their own strength and they should devise their own plan and they should do things their way. And what happened is that immediately they found themselves into all kinds of problems and things never were the same. I think I've lost my place. Bear with me one moment. Just as Israel was overconfident in the incident at AI, so very often we are in, in overconfident and we try to operate in our own flesh. The real enemy for us resides within. It resides within the body. And as long as this enemy within the body goes undetected, he has free reign to operate and do his grievous work within the body. This enemy lulls us into a false sense of security. It gives us a false sense of confidence. And this enemy infects the entire body. It exposes us. And we are subject then to ruin and to failure. And that is exactly what happened to the children of Israel at AI. Prescription then is obvious. This enemy must be exposed and separated from the body. That is, it must be offered up and crucified. And there must be a public display of this separation from the body. Israel did not understand this, and more often than not, neither do we. Israel lamented the defeat and Joshua, their leader, led the pity party. But God rebuked Joshua and since they were unable to detect 
the sin within the body, the real enemy within the body. God announced the process by which He would expose them, in which He would expose for them the sin within the body on the next day. As I read the scripture, I pondered and I pondered and I said, that night must have been a long night, especially for Achan. Should he come forward or should he conceal? Surely, he, must have, he might have thought, I'm not the only person who took up the accursed things. Maybe, just maybe, someone else would be exposed rather than me. Furthermore, you know, I might not be, uh, I might not be caught. I think I'll take my chances. How did he plan to use the accursed things? How did he expect to use them and not be exposed? Whatever was going through Achan's mind while he was in the dark, he chose to keep his sin in the dark. There is a solemn warning in the book of Numbers. It comes by way of Moses in his counsel to the tribes of Reuben and Gad when they made that fateful decision that they wanted to reside on the other side, that is the eastern side of Jordan. He said, Know for a surety and be sure that your sin will find you out. My friend, sin always is found out. It deceives us and makes us believe that it will always be concealed, but it is always found out. God always shines the light upon sin. But he does so at the time of his choosing. Achan made an awful mistake and he suffered for it. It was a tragic mistake but you know what? It is a mistake that we also make. Ah, but what about Achan's family? What about his immediate family? How could he have brought these accursed things into the tent without their knowledge. How could he have buried them in the tent without their knowledge? Whatever they knew, they too decided in the dark to keep it in the dark. But you know what? Complicity with sin brings guilt. And guilt 
always brings punishment. Achan's immediate family made a tragic mistake. But you know what? It's a mistake that we all made. But then there is Israel as a body. Israel never looking inward and acknowledging their own weakness and their utter dependence upon God. Never acknowledging that it was his victory, but rather quietly assigning it to themselves, looking outward at the spectacular result, assigning the victory to themselves, strutting their own stuff, and deciding, AI? We can take that. Refusing to seek God's counsel as to what strategy to adopt. And so they decided to do things themselves. It was a presumptuous act. It was full of pride. And the very plan that they adopted betrayed a haughty spirit before God. It was an inward sin of pride. Blinded by this sin, Israel remained in the dark all that night. It was a tragic mistake. But you know what? It is a mistake that we all make. Sin within the body had now corrupted the entire body. There's a corporate nature to sin, and it was on display on that fateful morning when Israel stood in the presence of the Lord. There they were. Achan chose to conceal the sin that Achan chose to conceal was now exposed and what Israel was unable to expose remained concealed. But in each case, the sin of Achan and the sin of Israel had a common source. They were both sins within, sin within the body. In a very real sense, Achan's sin is Israel's sin. And Israel's sin is Achan's sin. The two are tied together and they can't be separated. And as it was with Israel, so it is with us here at Westminster. Your sin is Westminster's sin. It is my sin. When we criticize each other, we are really criticizing ourselves. And when we sin, we are really sinning within the body.
as a chaplain, I've often heard people confess all kinds of sin. And as I, lay, as I sit and I listen and I hear the things that people confess, I have never yet come across a sin with which I could not identify in some way and say, you know what? I too have committed that sin either in thought, in word, or in deed. Either a sin of omission or a sin of commission. And as hard as we try, we are tied together in sin. It is a common lot of us all. There are many who deny this corporate nature to sin. But we really have a common source. And that common source is in Adam. When Adam sinned, we all sinned. When he became corrupted, we all became corrupted. There are many who don't like that message. They hate it. They hate it with a passion. They hate the idea of original sin. When you tell them that they have a sinful nature and that they're guilty before God, they say, Oh, me? I'm not guilty. And by the very protestations and by all the noise they make, and by their hostility to the truth which is given in God's Word, they reveal that they are indeed sinners. They are like the little child who stands and says, Who me? I never lie. And in so doing, he reveals that he's a liar. All how it is with all of us. But when there is sin in the body, God can't use us. God always puts sin aside. He must always deal with sin. He must always remove sin from the body. Achan was forced to confess his sin publicly. And we hear those faithful words as he confessed. I saw, I coveted, I touched, I took, I concealed. Sin began in the heart, flourished and grew in the mind, and then it led to that fateful act. So it is with all of us. And so it happens time and time and time again. And because Achan was guilty of sin, he was put out of the body. He and his family and his entire family was put out of the body. God always judges sin. It's amazing that against this awful background of sin, 
Here's how awful we are. God shines forth His grace in a most marvelous way. You realize that Israel was so deficient, so ignorant, so lacking in spiritual insight, they were unable to detect the sin of Achan. They were unable to detect their own sin. There's quite a contrast we find in the book of Acts. Remember the sin of Ananias and Sapphira which we looked at a few weeks ago? As soon as they committed that sin, immediately the Holy Spirit brought it to Peter's attention. And it was dealt with, dealt with, and dealt with in a very definitive manner. How is it with us here at Westminster? Do we have the ability, do we have the spiritual insight to see sin? Do we see sin within the body? Do we see sin in our individual bodies? Do we see sin in our corporate bodies? How are we doing? And is that limiting and inhibiting our success? Is that preventing us from going forward? Achan's sin was judged publicly. But concerning the sin of Israel, the corporate body, and the other members of that corporate body, we don't know. All we can say is this. God had made a gracious provision for his people. And we read about how they were supposed to deal with sin in their individual lives. God had erected a tent of meeting. A place where he would meet and fellowship with his people. And at that tent of meeting at the door, he had placed a brazen altar. And on that brazen altar, he had given the burnt offering. And he had commanded the priest to make sure that that brazen altar was always burning. Israel met with God by way of a substitute in the burnt offering. And we know in that picture that that substitute was Christ. But that substitute burnt offering was always burning and always available. And so when they sinned, they brought their individual animal and they laid their hands on the animal and they confessed their sins. And when they confessed their sins, they laid their hands on the animal and they designated and they said, God, do what I do to this animal I recognize should really be done to me. You see, confession really means that we are putting the sin away. 
And if you're really not intending to put the sin away, if you really don't have a broken and a contrite heart, well then you're just going through ritual exercises. And the sin remains. But if you are indeed broken, and God alone knows if you are broken, because He sees inwardly, if you're really broken, then you take the knife and you kill the animal and you pour out the blood. Why? Because he tells us in Leviticus, the life of the flesh is where? In the blood. And so you drain the entire life out of that animal. And then you cut its carcass and you put it right on that brazen altar with that burnt offering. We must be joined to Christ in his death. And when we are joined to Christ in his death, it is then that that great exchange occurs where our sin is put away and done away with. God does that in the person of His Son. And as that blood in the, burnt in the sin offering goes down, then that rich aroma in the burnt offering rises as a pleasing fragrance to God. And we know that we are accepted. And sin is put away from us. We have a choice, my friends. Either we can avail ourselves of the provision that God has made in His Son. Or we can stand alone as a candidate. The choice, my friends, is yours. But know this, and know this for a certainty. God will judge sin, either in His Son or in you individually. May God give you the insight to acknowledge your sin, to see the sin within, to see the sin within your body, and flee to the mercy seat that he has provided.